Welcome to Anchor Daily, where we daily engage in God's Word and prayer, reminding each other of the only anchor that truly holds. Hello, church. Stephen Wallace here. Today, we are taking a deeper dive into Luke chapter 20. The chapter starts out with the chief priests questioning Jesus's authority. They ask Jesus, on what authority do you do these things? referring to his teaching and performing of miracles up to that point. Jesus doesn't answer directly. Instead, he beats them at their own game by answering their question with his own question. They are unable to respond out of their concern for public opinion in an effort to protect their own status. The chapter continues with a parable where Jesus tells a story about a vineyard owner who leases his land to farmers. The farmers attempt to steal the vineyard by beating the owner's emissaries, and in a last-ditch effort, the owner sends his own son, who the farmers kill. The owner's patience dries up, and he destroys the farmers to give the lease to someone else. The scribes and chief priests are in the audience and realize that Jesus is talking about them. The community, or flock, is the vineyard. God is the vineyard owner. The religious leaders are the leasing farmers, responsible to care for the vineyard. Jesus is the owner's son, And like the farmers with the owner's son, the religious leaders are plotting to kill Jesus. As the owner of the farm, God's response is to destroy the farmers. Of course, the religious leaders took it personally. What follows in the rest of the chapter are several examples where the religious leaders attempt to trap Jesus, knowing that he is the biggest threat to their owning of the farm. The chapter ends with Jesus warning his disciples about the religious leaders, stating, Beware of these teachers of religious law, for they like to parade around in flowing robes and love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces, and how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head table at banquets. Yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their poverty and then pretend to be pious, making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be severely punished. Comparing and contrasting Jesus and the religious leaders is useful. The parable of the vineyard owner makes the distinction very clear. The religious leaders' concern is their own well-being and, ultimately, building their kingdom. They are trying to steal the farm for themselves. The vineyard owner is interested in leasing to good farmers, healthy plants, and a good crop. Considering that the vineyard is people, this is encouraging and revealing about the heart of God. Overlay this with other farming parables, such as Jesus being the vine and we are the branches, and we see just how different God's kingdom is from the kingdoms of this world. They are driven by fundamentally different and typically opposite values. Here's the thing. I am not convinced that we as 21st century American Christians are so different from the religious leaders of 2,000 years ago. Let's look at one data point, prayer. A 2017 Barna survey of more than 1,000 people revealed the top 10 things Americans pray for. In this order, gratitude and thanksgiving, needs of family and community, personal guidance and crisis, health and wellness, confession and forgiveness, on-the-spot urges, safety, peace, blessing for meals, and requests from others. I would venture to guess that gratitude and thanksgiving is primarily thanking God for provision, what He has already provided us. And if you look at these closer, you see that we are the beneficiary of nearly all of these prayers. 
either asking God to provide for or thanking him for what he has already provided. Let's compare this with Paul's prayer in chapter 3 of his church of his letter to the church in Ephesus. I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then God will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all of the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Paul is concerned about the condition of our hearts and the health of our relationship with God. Paul's prayer is that we have an intimate, soul-level understanding of God's love, and that this is the source of fullness of life and power. Notably, Paul does not pray for anything on Barna's list. This is my prayer for the church, that we would align ourselves with the heart of God and be far less concerned about building our own kingdoms and far more concerned about our relationship with him and being made complete in him. How will we know when we have done this? The content of our prayers will shift radically. Lord, let Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3 be the prayer of our hearts. Thanks for joining us today. Listen in tomorrow as we continue to encourage one another to be anchored, steadfast, and secure in Jesus. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we'd love to continue to dive into God's Word with you. We'd also like the chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you'll see all sorts of ways to connect, serve, and worship with our church body. Finally, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends by word of mouth or on social media. Have a blessed rest of your day.